we try another path down the hill, which we followed for another half an hour and then realized that was the wrong path. And it was getting dark. So, and the bus was approaching, so we were like, let's take the bus. So we did take the bus, but that was only one day at the end of the day. Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast for those who are interested in traveling responsibly and having fun doing it. See Africa, Breathe Africa. Listen to the mountains, and if you listen to the hills, if you listen to the rivers, you can see Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah, yeah, le, 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 le. See, see Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah. This is a new experience for us. That somebody reaches out and says, Hey guys, I love your podcast. Can I be part of it? I have things to share. I want to give back. And that person was Martin. And his partner, Anya, is also with us. And they have just done the whole Congonal Trail by themselves. Hello, guys. Yeah, it's Martin and Anya here. Um, just first of all, I want to say what a pleasure it is to be on the uh, on the podcast. Um, when I was planning the trip to Africa in London in the dark and the rain and the cold, it was amazing to hear uh, your voices from afar. You know, mentioning places like windy, impenetrable forests and uh, the Congo Nile Trail and things like this, which seems so far away, but actually we've been there now, so we've had some amazing adventures and a lot of that has been inspired by you guys and listening to you uh on this podcast so thanks for that first of all there is also a professional from the Congonal trail and that is enoch i've been a tour guide especially in the Congonal trail for so long ago Congonal trail to me it's a very great and best destination i can recommend anyone who wants to just enjoy the nature who want to enjoy the scenery and who want to interact with the community. So I guess just to tell you a little bit about the Congo Nile Trail, uh, for us, it was um, an opportunity just to really um, experience the the culture and life and the natural beauty of um, Rwanda um, and be able to do this at a pace that suited us. Um, meeting all of the people, you know, you go through lots of different villages, and we were just welcomed by um, absolutely everybody that we met. So the experience overall was just a, a real fantastic way to, to get to know the country. Um, this is an amazing way just to um, to be able to do this yourself and potentially attract a different type of visitor rather than the you know the high end visitors that visit uh, places like the uh, the gorillas in uh, in Rwanda. Ahiri, did you run like into some situations? As far as people were concerned, I would say 95% of the people we met or had interactions were um, absolutely amazing. I would say 4% of the people were a bit indifferent to us walking through there. And then 1% of people maybe had a little bit too much banana beer or banana wine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <That's laughs> and were, were over enthusiastic <laughs> with us. Yeah, there's always one in every village. 
even those people were usually very friendly. Yeah? Just, they were friendly. They, they weren't they aggressive. They were over-friendly. <laughs> yeah, they were just too friendly. <laughs> Talking about drinking, I wanted to ask you, did you try the, the amazing local cuisine of uh, Mama Nelly? What, what, what is it exactly? I think that Enoch can tell us much more about what Mama Nelly does, who she is, and so on. Mama Nelly is, a, is a, one of the communities from Chibiri. She always helps us to prepare some local food for the, for the guests so they can taste our local meal. It's one or another way to help the community because Mama Nelly is coming from the, that community. And also Mama Nelly is not doing everything by herself because she has a team who helps her to cook that food. So when we just visit the place, we enjoy, but also it's, we contribute in the community. But she's like the only one of that kind, like uh, a local restaurant on the Congonal Trail. There is nobody like her, right? Nobody like her. Others are the guest house, are the big uh, restaurants, so no one is like her. Mama Nelly doesn't have big things, so all she needs is a local food. Local food, green vegetables, especially most of people, they like her vegetables because they are very fresh. She get them from the garden, and the way she prepare the food, it's locally. And she resides in a fisherman's village, right? Of course. Most, most of people there, they are fishermen and farmers. What you have just witnessed is the way we are going to highlight some of our partners in some other examples uh, of podcasts, of course, you can hear sponsored by this and that. Advertisers get different attention. What we would like to do in this season of Sea Africa, Brief Africa, is to always give a partner or two special attention and tell you that this is not just about us. It's about a whole network of people working together to make the Gorilla Highlands experience as great as it can possibly be. We are a team. I'm curious to know if there were some things, maybe in terms of supplies, that you either didn't find along the way or you wish you had carried with you, uh, maybe in hindsight, or someone tra- wanting to do the same trip, you would advise? Things we didn't have enough of, maybe uh, hand sanitizer, we just kind of ran low on that. So obviously you're getting, you're getting dirty all the time. So, you know, when we want to eat and things like that, that would have been useful. Um, but I think other things, even we managed to buy some nail clippers on the way, yeah. um, which we use Google Translate for in Kenya, Rwandan. And um, it translated as, um, do you want a nail for a building? <laughs> so that was quite a funny exchange with the local person when they brought <laughs> a bag of nails back for us instead of nail clippers. <laughs> That's hilarious. Put it all in a perspective. How many days did you spend on the Congo Room? It took 10 days in total, um, but we did have two rest days. So we had a rest day in Kibuye or Chibuye, and we had um, another rest day after that as well, because some of the days were quite tough. Um, I think the toughest day that we had was a 32-kilometer hike, um, which was crazy. That was about 10 hours hiking, um, carrying a bag of about... 10 to 15 kilos on my back and especially that at the end when we thought we are on the map it was showing that we have only five kilometers left but we found out that those five kilometers is up the hill like all the time (laughs) always the last part was up a hill so just when we were at our most tired 
we found out the accommodation is is going to be right on the top of the hill so <laughs> absolutely exhausting some days but a hundred percent worth worth it for the experience that we had and how did he convince you to do this actually i i really enjoy hiking so i think i looked at this as a little bit of exercise as well but here we met a lot of people as well on the way a lot of local i mean only mainly local people we didn't meet a lot of tourists and we had a chance to interact with them and like see their everyday life uh, and yeah that was super i think the best advantage of this hike because if you stay just in kigali or if you go to national parks you don't actually see everyday life yeah you don't really inter- interact with communities so yeah that was definitely great aspect of this hike so i suppose the reason why somebody would go on such a long walk experience all the tough conditions and all and still feel like it's a holiday would be to get a deeper experience or is this is this a self-punishment type thing <laughs> It was a bit of self-punishment, that's for sure, yeah. But I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it really is just to um, get a, a deeper experience of the of the place you're visiting and also just to take it at a slightly slower pace. So if you're traveling by bus or train or any other transport or even cycling, you know, you're flying past all of the, all of the towns, villages, people. You know, you don't really have much time to interact with people. Whereas when you're on a hike... Everything's a lot slower pace. Um, you can gradually see the the scenery changing, even the people changing, you know, um, as you sort of walk slowly through, I think it was 220 kilometers, I think, in the end. So it's, yeah, we didn't realize how far it was until we had to take the bus back from Kamembe to Gisenye, which, uh, which took about, I think it was five, six hours, wasn't it? And then we realized we'd actually walked all of that um, and also got lost quite a lot. So <laughs> a little bit of self-punishment involved in that as well. What did you like the most while you were in the trails? I think for me it was the, the landscapes and the beautiful green carpet everywhere, just beautiful views, uh, beautiful scenery and, you know, and a fantastic hike through uh, scenery that, you know, it's very difficult to experience independently Um in a lot of places in the world um, also because it's really safe right so that's one of the, the main things that you're not going to get any problems from um, from people and as far as I know there, there weren't really any dangerous animals out there or even dogs to sort of you know spoil your experience so for me I think that was that was the highlight and so like additional thing was the uh, actually the places where we are staying for nights Uh, usually we had a chance to meet uh, like very interesting people as well. Uh, I mean, like people who were running those places. Uh, so that was yeah, super interesting um, experience to listen to those people's stories. This what they are doing in their life, how they support their local communities. So that was like very generally great experience. And, th- and these people as well, you know, like a few of the places we stayed, they were so passionate about Um, you know, supporting the community and just trying to make a better life for everybody there, especially the you know for the children and making sure that they've got like uh, access to good schooling and th- things like that as well. So that was really great to hear their uh, their stories. I think. Did you ever during the walk feel like you had made a terrible mistake that you hit each other at any point because of that? This is your moment to open your heart and reflect on being guideless. There was a couple of times when we were when we were lost. 
Um, yeah, because we were using mainly uh, the Kivu Belt map, um, so like online map. Uh, we we were following GPS, so it's this map is not very precise. Yeah, so in some moments it was really difficult to actually find a path in the spot where the map was showing that the path should be. <laughs> so of course maybe path didn't exist anymore. I don't know. But yeah, this is why a few times we landed in um banana plantations banana and like some places which really didn't look like uh, uh, places to walk through. <laughs> and then there was there was one day where we we did actually have to to stop and uh we gave up and take a bus uh, took a bus <laughs> because we tried um one path which we thought we were following the the map and it took us up a really huge hill um and then we were just getting further and further away from the from the GPS so we went back to the main road and then we thought we'd try another path down the hill which we followed for another half an hour and then realized that was the wrong path and it was getting dark so and the bus was approaching so we were like let's take the bus so we did take the bus but that was only one day at the end of the day so but but otherwise i i think you know it would have been useful with a guide sometimes um maybe to give us a bit more um context about um some of the local flora and fauna you know a, a little bit more about local life things culture, like that yeah. culture mm-hmm. things like that would have been great it would also have been nice to have a have a backup team so i didn't need to carry such a big bag <laughs> but, um, but that, it was okay in the end yeah it was just about um, just about okay you talk about uh, your heavy luggage but what was in it uh, what was in it so um I mean, we had basically one pair of clothes to walk in and one pair of clothes to keep dry and and, and sleep in. So it wasn't so much clothes, I think. But yeah. one jacket, warm jacket. Warm jackets, all of that. Um, you had to carry, obviously get your water, carry that. So we always made sure that we had at least uh, two waters each, uh, two litres of water each. Um, but then I've got like some, um, I guess, uh, camera and a few things like that. So generally all of the equipment adds up. So generally it wasn't like a super, super heavy, but still when you hike, it feels it was, like it's yeah, heavy. Yeah, heavy, it was heavy enough going up those hills. When you're on the Congonel Trail as a guide and you run into people that do it independently, how do you react to it? Do you see them as business loss? Do you see them as people who don't know how to do it? Or you're like, oh, these people are brave. Sometimes I used to meet like... Uh, those kind of travelers in the trail, and then they join us immediately. I feel they are missing the great poet in the Kongonai Trail, because the Kongonai Trail, unless you see the view, unless you see the sceneries, unless you see those beautiful views, so you can't know any history or about anything around there, because even the community, as even Martin said, it's very hard to find someone who really know English. So it's a little bit complicated to enjoy fully this trail without a guide. I must say that, to me, the surprise of the Congonel Trail is how few people do it. It's, to me, unbelievable, a gorgeous way to travel in rural Rwanda. And I guess you also didn't see many other trekkers doing the same thing, or maybe did you, since you were the, in, in the higher season? I mean, we, we, we didn't. We didn't meet. No, I mean, we didn't meet anyone who was hiking as well. We met quite a few cyclists. 
I mean, but it was still not like a big number of people, but uh, um, yeah, we didn't meet anyone hiking. No one hiking. I, I'm so surprised because it's it's got to be one of the best hikes in the world that you can do, really. You know, you can walk for 10 days, 10 days in a beautiful country where there's it's totally safe, um, surrounded by amazing nature and people. And, you know, it's not so so expensive either. I mean, I would recommend it to anybody. Would you like to learn more and go deeper? Follow us on Apple Podcasts by pressing the plus button at the top. Or on Spotify, you should simply tap follow under the podcast title. Ni